Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Self Project Podcast. Uh, it has been a little bit. It has been a little bit since I put out an episode, and that's mostly just because I absolutely love this podcast, but this podcast is definitely a uh, labor of love. So I love speaking to my guests. I love pulling together this content for you. But it's also a lot of uh, work in the back end, all the editing and um, those different pieces that go on into producing it do take up a lot of time. And we've been busy with, you know, sports and school things and golf tournaments and just so many things going on and holidays coming up. But I am really excited now that sports have kind of died down. We finished our last football game this Saturday. Um, they had one more game they lost. Otherwise, they would have made it all the way to, uh, you know, the top of championships or, you know, whatever that is. Um, but they, they they lost their last game when they played so good. It was, you know, it's always hard to deal with disappointment with our children. And so I had to remind myself that, you know, we win some, we lose some, right? We win some, we lose some. And to remind myself that I can't take away these experiences for them because, those experiences, even though they're really disappointing and they can hurt and we don't want to see our children hurting or, uh, you know, feeling that really crushing disappointment, but we can't take those experiences away from them. It's all part of how we learn to grow, how we uh, learn to develop resilience and how we learn to, you know, push through and keep on keeping on basically. So, um, well, that was hard to see. I also know um, that it's just, it's an experience, right? It's another experience in his life. They had a great season. He played well, like their team came together so well, and there were so many good positive things about it. So it's over though, which means no more practices. <clears throat> Excuse me. No more practices, no more uh, games on Saturdays. Soccer's over. We only have basketball now, so it's a little, it's a little bit of a breath in this season. And I keep reminding myself it's a season, right? It's just season. So before I ramble on anymore, I want to go ahead and introduce you to today's guest on the show. And today's guest is Tiffany Paul. And Tiffany is the founder and CEO of the slept life and she is also got her own podcast um formerly called the dream life podcast and it has now been uh kind of rebranded and renamed to break the matrix so i really hope that you enjoy listening to our conversation and we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna dive right in Welcome back to the show today. I'm really excited to be able to have on with us Tiffany Paul. Tiffany is the podcast host as well. She's the pod, the host of the Dream Life podcast, and she's also on a mission to empower others to redefine success and live life on their own terms. So Tiffany, I know you have got an incredible story of where you came from, you know, what you've built, what you're doing now. So I would just love if you would Tell us a little bit more about you. Tell us a little bit more about your background and um, how you came to the Dream Life podcast and, um, you know, what you're doing now. Yeah. First off, you know, I just want to say just, you know, as I'm about to speak, you know, reflecting on 
you know, our lives these days, like, I feel like a lot of emotions come up. I just, I don't know. I feel called to start there and just say, you know, we all have this huge journey, this huge story. We, we only see so much of the surface. And even in this conversation, we'll touch on pieces, but it's like the depths of all of our stories. And especially these days, all we've been through, but I know I just like was about to speak and it was like every emotion came forward because I think that just really like paints life as it is in this moment, but getting into my story, high level, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota. I you know, didn't come from a lot of money and I just always dreamed of leaving Minnesota, working for the big corporation, making six figure salary. And I thought, you know, that is the dream, right? That's what society tells us. And I was fortunate enough to meet my husband at 19 and we eventually got married later on in our twenties. We had two kids. I worked for the largest consumer goods company in the world, making that six figure salary, lived in California, like on paper, I had everything that society tells me should make me happy. And not only that, like, this is what I dreamed of as a little girl. Like I made, you know, the mag, what are they, the dream boards, like cutting out the magazine. Like it was like the JC Penny catalog of the perfect little family. I had a boy, I had a girl, we had some infertility struggles, but you know, on paper I had quote unquote made it. And there was still something really calling at my heart. Like there's more for you and there's something missing. And looking back on it now, it was largely, I was just living out of alignment. I was living in a corporate environment and working in a space that just did not allow me to be my full self. I, in retrospect, was having to really dim down so many aspects of my personality and bury essentially who I was to fit in and succeed in this corporate environment. And so I took the leap to be a full-time entrepreneur in 2019 after about five years of having a side hustle. And it was finally then that I started to feel more like me. And I really had to relearn who I was outside of that tiny little box that was corporate America. And along the way, I had to really shed that old definition of success. Because when I left, I left a six-figure salary, like I mentioned, which meant we had to actually downsize our entire life to make that happen. And that meant, you know, smaller house, like, you know, downgrading our cars, like every extra expense we eliminated because I was like, none of this is worth it if I'm not happy. And thankfully my husband supported me and all of that. But what I thought would make, I thought that would make me happy, but it wasn't enough because I was still clinging on to this old definition of success that, okay, I left all the things behind that weren't making me happy, but now I don't feel enough because I don't have the fancy job title. I don't have the money I used to have. I don't have the things that told me I was important or successful or enough. And I've really been on this journey ever since to reclaim what my definition of living the dream looks like and re like conditioning myself into remembering who I am and what's really going to make me happy. That's so powerful. Would you say, would you agree that consess? Why can't I talk today? Would you agree that success looks different for everybody? It's not like, this is what it is. Like, you know, kind of like we were sold, like, you know, the, you know, go to college, get the degree, get the nine to five job, the house, the picket fence, two dogs, a bunch of kids, you know, all of that. Can you agree that it looks different for everybody? Yeah. And I think that was really what 
inspired me to start my podcast at the beginning of this year where I was like, why is it just this one definition of living the dream that is portrayed in the media, in marketing, in movies, in our school systems, even from our parents. And I was like, this is, we're so dynamic and unique. And why, why on earth would one definition of success make us happy? And again, I had to be, I was on this journey of redefining for myself. So it was almost like I created the podcast because I needed it. And it actually took me about six months in to even figure out what my definition of living the dream was, even though I asked all of my guests at the end of it. And spoiler alert, every time I ask my guests that, they never say, I want a house and a million dollar thing and a yacht and a car. Not that people don't want that, right? I have a lot of entrepreneurs and big dreamers on the podcast, but most people actually want freedom in one shape like, or form, whether that's freedom to be themselves, freedom to love themselves unconditionally, freedom over their schedule, be their own boss. People are actually seeking freedom. So while I think there is a lot of nuances that look that, that success, while I think there's a lot of nuances in whatever living the dream looks like for each person, I do think there's a through line where we all ultimately are craving freedom in some way, shape or form. And sometimes that looks like money. And sometimes that looks like, you know, freedom to be themselves in a relationship or, you know, freedom to have their own schedule. It looks different for everybody, but no, definitely not one size fits all. And I think it's up to us to each define our own definition of what living the dream looks like. I I love that explanation because, um, you know, one time I was, I love how your, your show came about because I feel that was a lot mine too. My show started for me a way to, you know, expand myself, learn to share my voice. And it wasn't until several, several months in that I even knew what my show was really going to be centered around. You know, I'm just like, it's, it's, it's a self project. Like it's my kind of my journey. And so it's, it's taken an amazing shape. So I love how you mentioned that. And, and, you know, I would talk to my husband. I went on somebody else's show one time and like shared about my show and what I was doing. And I told my husband, I'm like, he said they wanted, like, he asked me questions about being a successful podcaster, but I'm not like a successful podcaster. I don't have, you know, all these sponsorship deals and all of these things. My husband goes, you have a podcast, don't you? Like, you got something running, you got all these, you know, episodes. And I'm like, oh, wow, that really made me take a step back and think like, wow, what is my definition of success? Why do I have it set up there? Right. Is that really what I want, you know, or is that what right. I think that it needs to be? So I think that that's a powerful reminder of what version of, are you going for somebody else's version of success or what you have been told it's supposed to be? Have you really taken the time to figure out what it is for you? Yeah. And what if those super, let's call them in quote, successful podcasters have millions of downloads and sponsorship deals and they're miserable. Now, is that a success? Because on paper, people would say that's a success. And let's say you're unsponsored thousands or hundreds or 10 listeners would be less of a success, but you're enjoying yourself. You're healing yourself. You're healing others. You're making an impact. That's a success. But society wants to tell us that it's all about numbers and the external. And we praise marriages for how long they've lasted, but never like, but were you happy? Are you in love? 
do you support each other? Same with like the career and the job and the podcast. It's like, how much money do you make? What's the title? All these things that are a whole bunch of BS and don't actually measure if we're living the dream and happy, right? Because I think most people aren't going to pick a definition that is going to be like, I'm miserable, but I have a lot of things. Right. <laughs> yeah. We all set, like get so many settle for that. Like I've been there too. You know, nobody gets on my podcast and says, I want to be stressed out, sleep deprived, you know, never seeing my kids impatient. Like, but I have a million dollars in sales. No, it's about a feeling. And we so often miss this key part of what is success is a feeling. And, but also honoring you and the fact that you actually started your podcast. So many people, as you know, are always like, I want to start a podcast. And then you start going over all the things that it takes and like, okay, never mind. (laughs) So the fact that you tried also is another thing that I think is dismissed. It's like all about the results. Most people don't even try. So it's like, there's so many ways we can go, but I think the overarching theme is that whatever society's definition of success and what they use to measure success is just simply not accurate. And so it's time we release that. Mm, So powerful. I I did listen. I have to admit, I listened to your show um, over the weekend and I believe it was the one where you were talking about like the fall of the guru and the rise of you is the title of it. Yes. Talking about the Aquarian age. I just have to say, you must go listen to Tiffany's podcast um, next because it, it, I just listening to you and I don't know exactly what you had said, like just feeling if you feel this call to lead in this new world and you were speaking about like, maybe you don't even understand it. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah. I see all of these shifts happening. Um, You know, this shift away again, people realizing what is my definition of success? Like my husband himself, he's, still stuck in what you would say his corporate job, his nine to five, Same. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. He, he went to college, got all the degrees, went to the, you know, did all the things, went to advance his career. Now he's getting to, you know, that the cusp of his 40th birthday and all of this. And he's just like, I'm, this is what I always wanted. Like, this is what I went to school for. This is what I love to do. He's like, why am I feeling so just unhappy and empty with it and you know and so it really caused I feel like a total 180 for both of our lives especially for him but but for both of us to really rethink that definition of like what are we doing what are our what are our goals you know why why are we chasing um you know we very early in our life got caught up in chasing the material things right of course the cars the you know the rv the the toys all of those things um and you know we then filed bankruptcy because we couldn't keep it all up and you know we rebuilt from the ground up and now we're finding um like our own children we have five boys and they're starting out of like (laughs) we want to get a pool and we want to get this and that and that and you know my husband and I are like oh how could we you know refinance something or, or this we'll do this and I'm like wait a minute, is that important to us? Or is it, you know, is that really important to us as a family and our goal? Or is it all this outside pressure of society and keeping up with the Joneses and, right? you know, what they see that everybody else has? Do we want, what lesson do we want to teach them that we're going to, you know, really strain ourselves to, to be able to keep up? Or do we teach them about like, for us as a family, what's really important? 
you know? Yeah. And it, you know, there's that saying of people, you almost even said it earlier, like, I'm not exactly sure what you said, but it's the saying is people don't necessarily remember what you said. It's how you made them feel. And I feel the same is true for like being a parent. And it's not just about how we feel. It's like how we make our kids feel safe, appreciated, loved. That's what they're going to remember. And you're going to have fun moments, you know, throughout their childhood. And so I think, I always use that as a barometer when I'm making those decisions, because I, I think you're exactly right where it's, it's really starts with just questioning. And sometimes you do want the pool, you know, or, and it is worth it. And the, and the money, the numbers do work out. Cause you're like, no, this would be fun. We can have family gatherings. And I like having all the friends come here versus us going there. Or maybe you're like, this sounds like a lot of work. The budget is tight. I don't want to clean up after everybody's mess. I don't want to worry about kids drowning in my pool. Like, <laughs> but just like actually questioning it. Mm -hmm. is the first step because I always talk about on my podcast too. I'm like, I want a million dollars. I want to be a millionaire, but like, I'm not, but I have parameters in place of what I will not give in exchange for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to give my whole life away. I'm not going to be miserable. I'm not going to sacrifice the here and now. And if that means that I'm not, I don't have what it takes to be a millionaire or that it just doesn't work that way. Fine. I'm, I've made peace with that but I still desire money. I still desire a certain lifestyle, but I'm also still like very much on a budget these days. And leaving my six figure salary meant like there was no extra dollar. And I remember when the kids school was like, well, you need to bring a tablecloth for the party. And I'm like, well, we're going to the dollar tree because we have $1 to spend on that. And so really evaluating what it, what it's worth to you. Right. So it's like, that wasn't a comfortable situation, like being on a tight budget. We've since, you know, gotten out of that. That was the worst of it, but it was in exchange for leaving my corporate job for following my dream. And there's a trade-off involved in all these decisions. And so I think this is the other thing where you talked about where your husband's like, is this, why is this feel so empty? I feel like the reason I'm also so passionate about this topic is because I felt that not only when I was in my corporate job, but also when I left my corporate job, because they painted as, oh my God, this must be amazing. You get to be your own boss and follow your dream. And I'm over here, like going to the dollar store for the tablecloth and all the you know weight of making this business work. And it was really isolating and being alone. I was like, well, this doesn't feel like living the dream either. And so it's really been this journey of rediscovering what does it actually look like? I've tried the corporate dream. I've tried the entrepreneur dream. And even like when I became a mother, everyone's like, you're going to fall so in love and it's going to be magic. And I'm like, like this may sound horrible, but I remember when my, my, my son came, we struggled for three years to even conceive him. So I desperately wanted him and always dreamed of being a mother. But I remember him coming and being like, well, this just feels like a baby. I, I need to get to know. I don't even know this person. I wasn't like, oh my God, my life has changed. I was like, wow, this is different. And I had to like feel my way into being a mother. And even, you know, I have two kids now, a three and a four-year-old. I still feel so much like myself and still have these dreams very alive on my heart. Everybody, again, the way society paints it is like, I was going to lose myself. And that's like the way it's done. You just give up everything to your children and you lose yourself. And I'm like, well, that doesn't, that really wasn't my reality either. So I've had these multiple situations where I found myself in 
what society told me it should feel like and being like, that is not my experience. And I think the first response is you think there must be something wrong with you. Like you're not grateful enough. You're not a good enough mother. You're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. And like, maybe that's not the case at all. Maybe life is just about more than just one thing. Maybe we're multidimensional, multi-passionate people and living the dream looks like doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Or maybe for you, it looks like going all in, but it's up to us to like decide what that is and really like give ourselves permission to play and explore. Yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Cheering behind you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, (laughs) You know, I just feel the same way. And this kind of, you know, you, you made an important point of, you said like when you first left, right. And you, you dove into entrepreneurship, you know, you were excited because like you said, like, okay, I get to work on this dream now, but it's not, um, that it's not what they portray on social media all the time. Yeah. Like you said it's, you know, um, a lot of figuring it out a lot of it it's your own self-discovery I feel like because um yeah I feel like when you grow a business you grow right along with it your business oh my gosh. Grows as much as you personally grow yes and so it's it's not only starting a business but it's also not knowing that you're committing yourself to a really deep personal journey yes see that is I feel like what they're not talking about is that it's like okay I was I worked in 10 years in sales like in a you know, I figured I know business. I was an analyst. Like I know things, but then I'm like, why is this so hard? It's because you're going on this inner journey. And again, it's like this, like every self doubt, every like childhood wound, every like just challenge the pressure and the stress and the healing opportunities that present themselves as an entrepreneur. It's been an an amazing journey, but it just simply was not how they made it seem. (laughs) And I had plenty of business friends that told me like, it's, it's, you know, it's not all glamorous. I'd, I'd done it for five years on the side. So it wasn't like I was going into it completely naive. Like I knew being a business owner meant like shipping your own packages and dealing with emergencies and fires and backend websites. So it's not like I went into it blind. I just thought it would feel better than it felt. And I think so many can relate to that feeling at some point in time in their life. Absolutely. I'd love to know, you had touched on earlier, you talked about how you have parameters, right? So I was thinking boundaries. Boundaries are so, so, so important. Not only, you know, as corporate as well, depending on your position. I know that there's many times with my husband that he brings work home and, you know, again, as entrepreneurs, there's times where I put in, you know, 14, 16 hour days or, you know, been up super late at night. And so again, I've come to realize, is that what I want it to look like? Is that what I want this, you know, journey of, of that to look like where I'm always like cranking away on something, mom, the kids are like, oh, mom's in her office again, you know? And so it, it gave me that opportunity. I feel like COVID really gave me that opportunity to step back and be like, what am I really you know, what do I really need to be doing with my days and what I really want to be doing? Because this isn't fun cranking away at the computer. Yeah. Or sustainable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not sustainable. And so, you know, I I would love to know what kind of boundaries did you personally put in place for yourself that, you know, you were able to really, you know, keep that, keep it flowy and not. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, I, w- I would first say that I've always been really good at self-prioritization. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from growing up in a childhood that was more chaotic. My parents were divorced at a young age and it was very contentious divorce. I was the oldest of, of three. And so having to take care of them and take care of myself because I couldn't necessarily rely on my parents to do that was, it was a trauma response, but it was one that served me like in therapy, I would talk about, okay, well, am I working for my worth because I didn't get it? Or, you know, I'm putting myself first. Those are trauma responses. So are they bad? And she, she's always said, you know, if you're going to go through trauma, you're going to have a response. And so it's better to have at least a positive one that's going to serve you versus one that's going to hurt you. And so for me, I do feel like it was a trauma response that came out of that my childhood, but the silver lining is that it has served me when I was going through infertility. I really was able to say, this is a lot and put myself first, meaning scheduling an impromptu trip to Bali, going on dates with my husband. Like I was living in San Francisco at the time. So like eating at all the restaurants because I couldn't, I didn't have kids and I wasn't pregnant. And so putting myself first has served me um, many times because I think, you know, we talk a lot about self-care and boundaries, but if you don't have a mindset around putting yourself first, it's really hard to practice because I am married to a people pleaser and he, his nature is the opposite. So he, his nature is to put himself last to not put himself first. And if anything he wants inconvenience me or the family, he feels really badly about it. And as somebody who's always put themselves first, I've also encouraged that behavior in him, right? It's not about like putting yourself first and nobody else gets to go first too. It's like, you know, I'm going to go have a girl weekend. You're going to go have a golf weekend. I'm going to go to the gym right now. You go to the gym next. And so I've, it's literally, we've been together. I'm like, how many years? 15 years almost. And I still have to be like, no, it's okay. to go. You can do this for yourself. And he's gotten so much better, but it's like a practice, right? So it's not like one day you wake up and you have great boundaries. You put yourself first or whatever. It's, it's setting the intention is really where it begins is setting the intention that you're going to put yourself first because we've heard all the sayings. I don't need to repeat them, but I guess I will. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to put your oxygen mask on first before the others. But the reason we talk about them so much is because we're really collectively struggling with it, right? We haven't figured this one out, especially as the workload has become greater with the pandemic. Kids are home, there's school, there's, you know, homeschooling and there's decisions about our health and there's world events. Like there's a lot going on. The last thing most people are thinking of, well, let me put myself first. (laughs) It's like, let me put out all the fires. And so it's really a practice of just reminding yourself that you have to put yourself first because you're going to show up as the best mom, wife, entrepreneur, employee, and it's not a game of perfect. So one week you could be like, wow, I just gave everything and I'm feeling so burnt out. And then you got to cancel everything on Monday so that you can just do what you need to do to get back on the horse. And then maybe that week you're like medium and the next week you're like a little, you know, so it's like just up and down. And I talked with somebody on my podcast once around intentions. And she said, you're never, it's never a success or failure. It's either you're moving closer to or farther away. And I really like that. So it's like, okay, this week I'm feeling farther away from my intention to put myself first. So let's get a little closer to that intention. It's, it's letting go of this idea. Perfect. Especially these days when we're just accepting that the world is 
on fire and we're doing the like literally on fire where you're living unfortunately shit right now yeah so it's like having so much grace with ourselves and just getting a little closer as much and as often as we can I like I love that really that never it's never success or failure because it's like you know saying we succeeded or failed is like giving that kind of end date to our journey and our journey's not over yet like you're right you're still moving you're still breathing you're still going forward like um so like your health journey if you're like like you have a spiritual religious practice it's like we're all like praying every day or meditating every day or eating healthy every day then we fall off like it's like whatever your practice is in life we're always getting closer to or farther away from the Mm -hmm. ideal state in our mind absolutely absolutely so I would love to know, Tiffany, I also um, know that you are the founder and CEO of Slept. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So that was a company that literally was born out of the fact that everywhere I looked, everybody was exhausted. Everything we're talking about, right? <laughs> so it's like being a mom of 202, like with the corporate job, with the side hustle. I looked at my, my mom friends, they were all exhausted. I looked at my corporate friends, they were all exhausted. I looked at my entrepreneurial friends, they're all exhausted. I'm like, so no matter what path you choose, it seems as though exhaustion is like the state of being. And so you know, just somebody who wanted to create a business that felt aligned with who I am and what I want to work on every day. I thought this mission of empowering women through the power of sleep really felt true to me. And, you know, getting back to our definition of success, mine has since evolved to showing up as myself authentically and in alignment as often as I can. Because if I can lay my head on the pillow each night, you feel like I did work that was in alignment with who I was. And I showed up as I am to me, that's a success. And I don't have to keep striving and chasing towards this outcome that may or may not arrive. And so slept was born out of just a dream to build a business that felt in alignment with who I am. And it's a curated collection of all my favorite things for sleep. I had a huge huge bout of insomnia with my second. And so just tried everything and became fascinated with all of the research on, you know, the way sleep impacts everything from our physical, mental, emotional well-being. So that's where it was born out of. And yeah, it's been a really fun ride. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, sleep is so important because, um, that's one of my parameters. It's, it's no more late nights. Like yes. I love to keep working on things sometimes. I'm like, nope, sleep. Yes. And I'm a huge night owl. So I was always like sacrificing sleep and, you know, let's be real, right? Because this is where we have to realize again, there's no game of perfect. Like we're going to have those days. that it's going to be like, I worked 14 hours. I sacrificed my sleep. I'm so tired, but then it's just like doing your best. Maybe the next day, get to bed early. And I was always sacrificing my sleep because I was a night owl, but I, you said like, I wanted to work. I felt really inspired to work at night. I liked, I liked those long nights. It wasn't like I was forcing myself to do it. But then when I started looking at the research of how it impacts our brain and our emotional well-being and our overall health, like there's like, um, I could go on and on about the benefits of sleep, but I just knew that this is something that I need to start prioritizing. So like you said, it's just making that decision that I'm not going to sacrifice my sleep at least as much as I once did. Cause I still do. I, I love a good random midnight inspiration, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I try to do less. 
you know, and I'm thinking too, I know that I have some mom friends recently who have shared just with everything going on, you know, that they going to work and, you know, they have the kids and, you know, some of them are like, I don't get time for myself until everybody's asleep. And, you know, then that's affecting their sleep. And I'm like, oh, I I just keep telling them it gets better. You know, my boys are a little older. It's not always going to be this way. Yeah. When um, you're too tired to do anything but scroll, that's, I know it's so tempting to be like, put the scrolling is my me time. But if you're too tired to only scroll or, or watch Netflix, that might be a sign that you may just want to go to bed because maybe the next day you'll have energy to do something you actually want to do like write or read or, you know, organize the cabinet. I don't know. I get joy from that some days. (laughs) Sometimes that's what my my me time looks like. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. Um, or sometimes maybe that you time needs to be in bed, giving your body rest. Right. Exactly. That way. Those days where I'm just extra tired. I'm like, maybe we'll just lay down for a little bit or take a nap and not hit that huge to-do list or all those things that you have planned to do. Like, I know it's like something, just leave the dirty dishes on the counter, like, or go get paper plates or order in Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, like have so much grace on ourselves because, oh my gosh, I remember those days so clearly that was like the only me time was after the kids go to bed and like when they were young, young, they would wake up again, like at nine. So it's at least now they're in bed by like eight, but you know, they would like go to bed at like seven and then cry again at nine and then be up in the middle of the night. It's like never ending. So it is just a season. So if the season of your life is your me time is scrolling in Netflix, that's great. But as you evolve past that, as you really crave more recharging, really being disciplined about like I will delete the Instagram app because that's, that's my go-to always. And if I delete it, then I will think twice about maybe I'll go on a walk instead, or maybe I'll read a book instead, or maybe I'll go to bed. Mm-hmm. And so I, I will delete the app because it's just too tempting for me to spend my free time scrolling. And that's not recharging. At least not to me. That's like numbing, which sometimes we need to be numbed. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we really do need to be recharged. I get in trouble of using it. Like, I'm just going to go find some inspiration. Like that's been me with TikTok lately, you know, like I just need some inspiration for it. And before I know it, I'm like, wait, what happened? Right. And for a while, like I deleted, I like unfollowed everybody on Instagram that was like stressing me out or making me feel bad, or I was comparing, but, and now my feed is so inspirational and good. I definitely, I found myself like, well, now I'm going to it more because it's making me feel good. But at the same time, like our life is supposed to make us feel good and (laughs) and we have a dream on our heart that we need to create and, you know, whatever else that we have so much more to our lives than these little social media apps, but it's so easy to get hooked. So easy. That's what they call us users. <laughs> yep, it is. So I have to thank you. We've talked about so many important things today. I feel like we've been, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things and it's been really great. So I would love to know if somebody is listening and they want to know where to find you, Tiffany, where is the best place to go to find you? Yes. So we touched on my podcast. It's dream life with Tiffany Paul, and it's all about chasing big dreams. But beyond that, redefining what does living the dream look like for you? What is your definition of success? Really kind of challenging the status quo. So we have some really fun conversations there and I do some solo episodes. And then on Instagram, you can find me at Tiffany Nicole Paul. Awesome. So I will make sure everything is going to be linked in show notes. You'll be able to scroll down connect with myself, connect with Tiffany. Please let us know if you uh, heard our episode today and 
if you have anything you want to share with us or you had any takeaways, we would love to hear from you. And Tiffany, thank you so much for being on. As we kind of close out, um, you know, I would just love to know your advice for somebody who is listening today. They're on their own, again, self-discovery journey. Maybe they're feeling stuck at like that empty spot um, and they're just working on their own selves. What's just a little piece of advice or a little quote that you have for them? Yeah, I would just say, you know, get out of your head and into your heart and know that the heart does not speak in language. It speaks in feelings. And so if you're feeling confused, that's the first step. It's you honoring the fact that something doesn't feel right. And so just trust it and know that you're going to get probably one breadcrumb at a time and it's going to be painfully slow, but just being confused and wondering and connecting to how you're feeling is the first step. And we want to have the plan. So often we want to have the 10 step plan and the 10 year plan, but it's unfortunately not how it works all the time. Amen to that. I can attest to that. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, come on, give me more. I want the whole loaf of bread. (laughs) Here we are. Today was our breadcrumb and what a beautiful moment, right? It's like, life reveals its step itself one step at a time, one moment at a time when you allow it and when you're open to it. Absolutely. Tiffany, thank you so much for being on today. It has been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. I always love when we can just drop in and talk all about life. So thank you so much for having me. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go really quickly, I wanted to just randomly open up to a page in my new book that has come out. So I was part of a collaborative um, multi-author book called Stop Overworking and Start Overflowing, 25 Ways to Transform Your Life Using Human Design. And 25 of us share our different stories um, related to human design. And then we share uh, one of our tools that we also use to help make some transformations in our lives. So let me open up to a random page and I'm just going to read to you. Be honest with me. I can't be the only one who has stood in the shower with tears and half-washed hair and dripping all over my face, freaking out and thinking, I won't survive this. There's no money. I'm a burden on everyone I know. There are so many ways I don't measure up and I let people down. I'm irresponsible and I just cannot get it together. I'm not okay. Will I survive this? Give or take the half-washed hair part. Now I'll be honest with you, that shower scene exists in a not-so-distant past. And while not on the same scale at all, it reminds me of when I was a kid. But not only did I question my survival, I thought I was dying, literally. And this comes from chapter 17, the title's Dancing in the Dark, Bridging the Gap Between Fear and Flow, and that is by Ashley Ashita Dixon. And so I invite you to get yourself a copy of this amazing book. There's so many incredible stories in here. You can get a copy by visiting www.theselfprojectstudio.com backslash S-O-S-O. And I will send you a personalized copy. And as usual, if you love this episode, please reach out to Tiffany. Please reach out to myself. Let us know. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin, and I will see you next time. 